everyone. Welcome to Birth to Motherhood. I'm your host, Victoria, and this is a podcast where I invite mothers to come on and share their unique birth stories. Whether it's a traditional hospital birth or a serene home birth, I believe these stories can be a source of healing and inspiration for many. So without any more delay, let's get started. This is Birth to Motherhood. Welcome to the show. Today I am here with Dominique. Dominique, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, of course. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thanks so, for coming on. <laughs> you're welcome. My name is Dominique Lopez, um, 28. I was born in Brazil, raised in Aruba in the Caribbean. And um, I've lived for the past nine years in the Netherlands, in Europe where I did my studies, I got married, had two children. And that's why I'm also here today to talk a little more about uh, those experiences. Um, yeah. Nice. How was it growing up in Europe? Um, well, actually, um, so it all started in Aruba, which is also kind of part of the Netherlands. Um, Growing up here was pretty chill. It was like uh, island life, going to the beach, not much to do, spending a lot of time with family. Um, yeah, basically yeah. everything you have here uh, is the beach, um, a That's few restaurants so and <laughs> a lot of playing. So yeah. it was really nice and uh, chill. Nice. When, uh, like, what made you guys move? Yeah, so my mom uh, moved uh, here back then, basically to just try something new um, because Brazil wasn't really working out for her. Aww. So um, she left uh, to Aruba where her sister was living. And that's when uh, she also brought us with her yeah. after her failed marriage. So Aww. that's why we're here. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And the yes. move went smoothly because I feel like that's a big move. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, we just moved back from the Netherlands where I was studying. Um, yeah, moving with two children is pretty, it's a tough cookie. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. not easy, but at the end of the day, it all worked out. Uh, we are here now for two days, I think. Yeah, today is the second day and uh, it's going pretty good. Nice. What were you studying? I studied HR, human resources. Nice. Fun. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. And yeah. you enjoy that? <laughs> I do, actually. Um, it's pretty complex. Um, a lot of challenges. Nice. Um, I will be starting a new job next week oh, in uh, nice. HR here in the hospital. 
of wow. the island. Wow. So I'm pretty excited for that. Oh, that's so awesome. Nice. Good for you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Do you want to start with your, your first birth then? Yes, of course. Um, so my first birth, I was 24, I think. Yes, I was 24. I got pregnant, had a pretty chill pregnancy. Um, everything was going great. Uh, towards the end, uh, my belly got really big. Oh. And <laughs> and I don't know, um, well, a lot of people I know experience this too. Um, in the sense when you have a little, like a big belly, um, it starts concerning some um, medical stuff. Like, uh, oh, your baby's too big. You might not be able to birth um, naturally. Um, so concerns starting popping up. I personally had none, um, but I was also not completely prepared, um, if you could say it like that. Um, I did some research. I knew some information, but I wasn't prepared for um, stepping up for myself or like um, knowing the choices I had. Um, so at 24, like my, I was 41 weeks, nothing happened. I was hoping to, that labor would start, of course, uh, from itself. It didn't. Um, and then at 42 weeks, it was time for, um, inducing labor. Um, I didn't know that I had the choice to say no. As a first-time mom, a lot of times you don't know what choices you have because mm. you're not really informed by... In this case, I wasn't informed by my midwife. Oh. Um, so I just said, okay, fine. If that's what we have to do, then we'll do it. So um, I was induced. It was uh, pretty heavy because um, I went to the hospital in the morning and then um, I got the balloon. I don't know exactly what the name is um, in the States, but um, so it's basically like a balloon to ripen the cervix. I went home and it took me, I think, 24 hours at home laboring with a lot of pain. Oh. And they told me if the balloon doesn't come out of, from itself, like automatically, stay at home. You don't need to come to us. So in uh, somewhere, I don't know, in the early morning, I called them like my water broke, but nothing came out and I'm in a lot of pain. And they're like, oh, but has the balloon come out? I'm like, no, it didn't. And they're like, oh, okay, then you can wait and just come when your next appointment is. And that was like 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. So oh, I stayed at home with a lot of pain. I couldn't sleep. So by the time I got to the hospital, I was exhausted. After a whole day, 20, I think by then it was like 25, 26 hours. I got there, I was four centimeters, but I was totally done. I got there, I'm like, okay, give me the epidural, otherwise... I'm not going to survive this. Mm. I had to wait again um, until they were able to give me the epidural. By this time, it was 11 in the morning or maybe 12. 
So I was almost 30 hours um, in. I got the epidural and um, I had to yeah lay down, of course, because you cannot move. Mm-hmm. And that's where labor kind of stopped. Oh, no. There was no progression or very little. And every time they came, they gave me extra oxytocin. Sorry, pitocin, because it's not. <laughs> they say, they tell you at the hospital it's oxytocin, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now I know this stuff. Back then I didn't know, of course. Yeah. Um, they put the highest dosage that they could. And nothing was happening. So I was in a lot of pain, laying down on the bed. I think I stayed in that situation for a few more hours. And Mm -hmm. then at the end, or at least I called this the end, they were telling me, okay, there's no much uh, progression. You're still six centimeters. If things continue like this, we're going to have to perform a Mm C-section. Of course, that's when... I get panicky, like, I don't want a C-section. That Mm -hmm. was the number one thing I didn't want. (laughs) And my husband was like, okay, no, this is not happening. Um, You got this. Um, How can I help? Or what can we do to prevent this of happening? And they're like, yeah, we just have to wait. And I tried to stay as calm as possible. But having been in labor for so many hours, first time mom didn't know what to expect. Um, having been told the whole day, oh, there's barely to no progression, we might have to perform a C-section. So it was a lot of stuff going on. Um, I don't know what it was exactly. I call this a miracle by God. But at the end of the day, it was 1 (laughs) a.m. Basically, the next day, um, I was fully dilated and... I luckily had him um, vaginal, like vaginally. Yeah. And um, he was born a pretty big baby. Oh. But it happened naturally, thank God. Or at least not with a C-section. So from that, I was pretty pretty relieved. But I didn't realize how much I just went through until I got at home or a few days after when everything hit. Mm. I was really panicky. I didn't want to be left alone with the baby. Um, The crying was super triggering. I was super tired because, yeah, I had two, three days with no sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't have much support. Um, It was just like thing after thing after thing. It was just, you know, building up. Yeah. My postpartum was pretty hard um, because my mom lived in Aruba. She came, but um, because I had him so late, she had to leave the day he was born. Oh, wow. So I was basically left um, for a few days with nobody, mm-hmm. only my partner, of course. Um, but yeah, I guess you can say luckily, but in the Netherlands, we have... Um, something that's called the Kramsorg and that's basically like a nurse that comes to your house and stays for eight hours a day and she helps with the cooking with the cleaning with um, the baby etc so if it wasn't for that 
I don't know what if what it would have been for me mm-hmm. because even having that person there I was pretty shocked by the whole situation but also didn't have no um, trust in myself or in my intuition as a mother or as a mm-hmm. new mom so it was really um, a hard experience um, that I thought, okay, I'm not having any more children mm-hmm. until a few years that I processed everything and learned a lot more about uh, physiological birth. And what I experienced is not really the natural or the, the, the way it should have been, the way mm-hmm. I wanted it to be. Um, so I went on this journey of learning and unlearning a lot of stuff. And then I got pregnant <laughs> again <laughs> from my second. Um, by now I was, let me think. My son was almost four and I was 27. So yeah, that's uh, when my baby girl, before I continue, do you have any questions? I don't know if I'm rumbling like a lot. No, you're fine. Keep going. (laughs) Okay, cool. Um, Yeah, I got pregnant again and I knew from day one, actually before I even got pregnant, I'm not having a kid by the hospital anymore. Basically because my first experience was like that, like an induced labor, I wasn't really informed of anything basically um what i think for me what the most i would say traumatic uh situation or experience was that i had no control or no singing whatsoever in the whole experience yeah and i saw so many faces so many people coming in and out it just didn't feel safe Mm -hmm. i didn't feel what i wished to have felt mm-hmm. so I said to my partner we're having a home birth um, and that's when the planning started um, he wasn't he was a little bit skeptical about the whole thing because yeah I think for men it's less natural or less um, common mm-hmm. or I don't know they always have um, some doubts of course mm-hmm. and I understand yeah. that So it was a period of trying to inform him, get him on board, but also um, building up this trust in the whole process, in myself, in my choices. And I went with the same midwife from uh, my first. And then around 30 weeks, the things got a little bit, um, I would say, interesting they measured the baby too big. Yes, they did an echo. They said the baby was measuring a little too big for its term or age. I don't know what they call it. Um, I was sent to the hospital for a second opinion. I did multiple um, diabetes tests, uh, just that just, how do you call it? Um, gestational diabetes yes yes you got it (laughs) (laughs) fancy word Um, I'm terrible with words (laughs) mm -hmm. but I didn't have that luckily thank god Um, 
so that was not it they measured again and then the baby was according to their measurements um, it showed that the baby had stopped growing as fast as they were expecting so then the situation changed and they thought the baby was not having um, enough nutritions or the placenta was not working as it should have been working and then yeah so it was this whole um, multiple bad scenarios Um, they offered me an induction induction is the name yeah by um, 38 weeks and then 39 weeks I refused both of them they were um, trying to put fear on me like if you don't do this, um, your baby is at risk of not surviving it. We don't know if the baby is doing well, if the placenta or the umbilical cord is working as it should. Um, you're risking a lot. It's better to have the baby out than in, and we don't have much control on what's going on. So I was put with all of these scenarios, which really had a heavy impact on me. I was really... Um, sad and crying a lot doubting myself because i had this feeling in my gut like no there's nothing wrong my baby is super good Mm -hmm. she was very active growing perfectly my belly was the perfect size for me in my opinion my feelings so i was really trying to stay connected to that feeling like okay there's nothing wrong i know deep in my core that everything is fine Mm-hmm. So every time that I went to the hospital, there was this fight like, no, I don't want this. No, uh, what's the best case scenario? Why are you always telling me the worst? Um, do I have options? What are my options? Um, they didn't want to release me back to the midwife. So it was a whole fight. It was basically for weeks like that. And then at 40 weeks, they allowed me to go back to the midwife. But then I lost the trust in my midwife because by my midwife, I felt like I'm not 100% being supported in my choices Mm -hmm. because they kept ping-ponging me in between the OB-GYN and the midwife, back and forth. So I said, I'm really sorry, but I'm changing midwife. (laughs) I changed my midwife by uh, 40 weeks. I fired her basically. (laughs) Thank you. And I had another one in mind for a few uh, weeks, but I was kind of scared to make that step Mm -hmm. uh, of letting go of the old, going with the new. How how would the change be? I never heard of something like that, of people changing so late in their pregnancy. But I thought if I don't do this, if I don't make this choice right now, if I don't, make this step I might jeopardize my own birth mm-hmm. so I went for it um, my new midwife was one who was really in she really trusted women in birth of oh. hands-off births home birth they their home birth rate was really high so I was like okay this is the midwife I need mm-hmm. um, and luckily they accepted me at 40 weeks they went and dig, dig in the whole like story to find out what was going on. Why, why was I in that situation? Mm-hmm. And um, she found out that it was actually 
probably a miscommunication between the hospital and the midwife and the first measurement should have never been done it was mm -hmm. probably the midwife wasn't completely um, confident mm -hmm. about having a home birth with a big baby and for her own i think i don't know to feel i guess what was good I, I i don't really i don't even know how to explain this or if do you understand what i mean like she was having doubts of her own ability to perform yeah. or to be at a home birth mm -hmm. with a possibly big baby so for yeah. her own i guess ego i don't know she yeah uh-huh or even like her her like licensure or whatever if like something happened she didn't want to be responsible yeah. <laughs> exactly i think uh, we all think that that was it and because of this bad measurement basically i was put into the situation um but then i went and had the baby at 42 weeks in my living room in a bird pool it was in a total of three hours, I think. Um, yeah, from the moment my water broke until she was born. So it was pretty fast. It was pretty intense, but a completely different experience from what I had in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And that experience changed me mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. It was really, I don't know, it impacted me in so many ways. Um, and I wish that uh, basically every woman could experience that. Aww. Having that birth that they really dream of or they really work for. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that I got that. Yeah, It was a lot of work. It was a lot of... Um, stress a lot of tears and mm -hmm. courage basically to leave everything that I knew by the other midwife mm -hmm. um, basically everything that the doctors were saying that the hospital was saying and just completely surrender and trust in my gut that everything was fine yeah. And she was born with uh, 3.7 kilos. I don't know how many pounds that is. I think it was seven, <laughs> seven something pounds, which is really like that's a good size. Not big at all. <laughs> no, I no. think that's good. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, nice. How how much did your son weigh when he was born? He was four kilos something, four kilos and 170 grams. I don't know that we, we, we use kilos, so I'm not sure how much that is. In I'll look it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. But he was definitely bigger. Oh, yes. Wow. Did you, were you able to like breastfeed and did you think that the bonding was different compared to your first and then your second? It was definitely in the first time. Um, the beginning was hard that's definitely uh for sure but i was in so much stress i didn't have that 
um, confidence um, in like, okay, my milk production is good. He's eating good. I was really under the stress and I was like, oh my God, I want, I just want to stop. And by three months, I already started like building down the amount of breastfeeding I was giving. Mm. Um, This time around, the second time around, I was determined to breastfeed. I had some complications in the beginning, like I had a infection on one side. Um, I I had really hurtful nipples. Um, But I was able to breastfeed longer. Um, I'm she's now six months, and she's been having um, yeah breast milk ever since. And mm-hmm. I the like the urge to stop early was not there. Mm, good. Aww. By the first, I did have that. I'm not sure yeah. if I don't know. Well, thinking now that I think about it, it might have been about the whole birthing process and mm-hmm. how everything was like too much pressure, too much stress, a long mm-hmm. labor, everything mm-hmm. in the mix. But now I didn't have that. Sometimes it was hard. Yes, it, it, it had its own challenges, but I feel that the connection this time around was deeper. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Did you get um the 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 nurse person? Did you get that your second time with a home birth, or is that only through like the hospital? No, I did that. Yeah, for the her home birth also, nice. and it was also a better experience than with the first time uh, when my oh. when my son was born. This time around, I had only one person because the first time with my son, I had two different nurses. Oh wow. They were both really nice, for, like they're both nice and everything. But this time around, it's like I had a better connection. I don't know. Everything was just better or I enjoyed it more the second time around. Yeah. But yeah, I had only one nurse and she was very sweet, very caring. Um, she was very caring towards my son too, towards the baby. My mom was there for 10 days after the birth. So that was also very nice. So I had a lot of support. That's fantastic. Yes. That is awesome. So both parts, at least your second postpartum was better than your first. (laughs) Yes, definitely. It uh, had, of course, its ups and downs. I think Mm -hmm. every postpartum um, experience has something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this time around, I really um, could find like the gold nuggets in it, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed it. Even though I had the hard moments, I had a lot of um, feelings. Of course, everything was coming up, but yeah, overall, the connection with my um, daughter. Um, with my son, with my mom, it was like, uh, I don't know, everything were, was felt in a deeper level. Mm-hmm. Did yes. your son like adapt well to having a little sister? 
in the beginning the first days were really challenging Aww. of course but yeah. eventually he did he's really such a great uh, big brother yeah. but in the beginning the first days he really had to like adapt to having a new baby in the house him not being the whole center of attention anymore mm -hmm. but it wasn't um he was not really having tantrums or not nothing like that it was more um mostly uh, around bedtime i think he was very tired and then i couldn't really focus on only on him i had to mm -hmm. you know yeah oh yeah did you have a doula at all i did um actually my best friend um she was doing her um mentorship she started the mentorship with the bird belongs to women oh, nice. by kelly and um she just started on her journey as a doula so she was my doula oh how awesome yes is that, and, um is that how you found out about kelly's group through her actually we found kelly's group way before um we both decided or we both um really yeah wanted to go for it nice. but she she had her baby girl in january okay and i was by her birth i was also pregnant and then mm -hmm. after she delivered her baby she joined the group and then after i delivered mine i joined too <laughs> so awesome. we both ended up uh in the group um but yeah she we found out a little bit i think during her pregnancy and okay. we started following kelly and then we we're like Aww. um after she delivered she really wanted to go for the doula um you know the doula path and i told her you have to join and then she joined and she was like oh my god this is so good <laughs> and i'm like okay i'm joining too so oh, yeah we both awesome. ended up there oh are you like actually doing like doula stuff or no not yet not completely uh, or not yet i started um doing some courses, learning a little bit more, but because I'm still breastfeeding and she was pretty young, mm -hmm. I had the move um, from the Netherlands to here, so I decided to wait. But yeah. for me, I think I would love to um, attend births, but the part that speaks more to me is the postpartum part. Mm -hmm. So I want to focus more on the postpartum doula um, path. Um, yeah yes so i think or i'm pretty sure that starting from january i'll start taking in uh new mamas nice i think the the postpartum part too would be a lot easier for you with the baby too because she can come along and like all you do is exactly. take care of the mom so like that's probably a lot easier yes that's for sure and mm. um here on the island it's also not it's we are not there yet that people welcome other women mm -hmm. especially women with um, experience or 
knowledge about birth. It's um, pretty traditional. Well, not traditional, but that's kind. There's kind of a taboo, I think, still in the whole doula thing or uh, natural births or you know, um, trusting your body and physiological births. So mm. that's not really something um, happening a lot here. I hope it changes in the near future. But yeah, we never know how it goes. Um, so is birth over there like super medicalized like it is here? It is. Oh. Yeah. Here, home births don't really happen. Wow. Unfortunately. Mm. Yes. I wish or I really hope that that would change in the future. Yeah. Or at least that women um, take their power back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the sense, know what you can and cannot do. Because if you're informed, if you know what options you have, if you trust birth and not fear it, Mm-hmm. Um, I think we would have a lot more um, positive and empowering experiences, even mm-hmm. if it's in the hospital. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know um, what your options are, you don't know what your uh, rights, basically, mm-hmm. your rights are, what you can ask for, what you can deny, mm-hmm. then you're basically just putting your birth experience in the hands of others. Yeah. But at the end of the day, when you walk out of wherever you choose to birth, you take it with you forever. Mm-hmm. And that's what I had to learn from my first, or actually both experiences teached me a lot. But the mm-hmm. first one especially, um, that if I had, known what I know now I know that I would have a totally different story to tell Mm -hmm. yeah how did you go about like healing from the first one to be honest I never really um, thought I needed healing from it until I became pregnant from the second one and I knew that I did it. I had to do something different. And that's yeah. when a lot of things came up too. Like when I was talking and processing the birth I had the first time, it really opened my eyes to like, whoa, I thought I healed this, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. And I wish I had done this sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, because then I would save myself from feeling all of that during my second pregnancy. Yeah. Um, that's why I also believe that it's so important for mothers to process their birth with people who understand birth mm-hmm. and who knows how to hold space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because oftentimes you talk about your birth experience, but will be like oh but you made it out alive and your mm-hmm. baby is healthy so why are you complaining or mm-hmm. what do you mean you have a traumatic experience you both made it out alive you know what I mean yeah, yeah. so um, I wish I have had that back then or at least um, 
know what it would have done for me if I tried to, or not try to heal, but put a little more um, time into it, into processing it. Um, so yeah, it only came in my second pregnancy when I had to sit with myself and think, okay, why do I not? why do I don't want to have that experience again? Why yeah. do I want to do things differently? Yeah. Um, why, why, why? What is my why? Mm -hmm. And for me, that was basically, I don't want to put myself through that again, but also not my baby mm -hmm. and my family, my um, son and my husband. Because yeah. if I'm not doing well mentally, then nobody is in the family. Yeah. It's yeah. gonna ripple effect into everyone. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I didn't wanna put myself at risk. I didn't wanna put my baby in risk and also my other child and my marriage, my husband. Yeah. And yeah, that's where it actually began the whole healing process. Nice. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, do you have any resources you wanna share with? anyone anybody oh that's a good one um, <laughs> i think uh what helped me a lot um uh, during my pregnancy was instagram mm. um i followed a lot of accounts who were um educating but also that believed in women being the authority in their birth yeah um like accounts like kelly like um i think it's bird education i don't really know the name i could send it to you but i don't know all the names <laughs> of you know on the top of my head <laughs> um the naked doula too i think it's her name naked doula okay on instagram so yeah i followed a lot of these accounts that you know were having um positive bird videos um and just a lot of information on the topic mm -hmm. nice awesome uh what are some ways listeners can connect with you yeah so um everybody can find me on instagram at modern club so it's like mother and club and um yeah i share a lot of uh kids related stuff, uh, parenting, motherhood, uh, but also birth, postpartum, everything. I'm really passionate about all those things. So I just mm -hmm. share whatever comes up in my heart to share. Nice. Awesome. That's, that's how you should do it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. All right. Well, thank you for coming on and sharing your stories. I loved hearing them. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.